Talk to Expert, a podcast where grade 7 students talk to experts to find out more about their specialty. I'm your host for this episode, Blake, and I'm a student at College Park School in Lindminster, Alberta. Before we get to our expert on this episode, I'd like, I want to share a little bit about our podcast and who we are and what we will be doing in our podcast. Those of you just tuning in or if you have listened to our class, we are a class of 24 grade 7 students in a non-traditional classroom setting where we are focusing on experimental learning using a STEAM approach. That's STEAM, which stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Art, and Math. We want to answer the age-old question of why do I have to learn this by directly connecting what we study inside the classroom with the world outside of school. So for our podcast, students will be contacting an expert they know in their lives. This person could be an expert in their profession or job, or what traditionally could be considered a hobby or just an interest. So without further delay, I'm pleased to introduce our expert for this episode, who's an expert on animal rescue, Nick Campbell. So let's start by getting to know you. Tell us about yourself, your work, hobbies, um, job, etc. Well, I currently work as a dog trainer at PetSmart here in Lloydminster. I started there in September, so I'm very new to training. But I have always loved animals, the from the fluffy, cute dogs to the creepy crawlies, snakes, spiders. I love them all. So I, my mom has told me that you worked at Fur Babies sometimes, like you helped out, out over there. Yeah. So what is Fur Babies, like, and what do they do? Fur Babies is a volunteer donation-based rescue. Mm-hmm. They operate in Lloydminster. So what we do is uh, the surrounding areas, the northern communities, we go in and we rescue dogs from there. Do advocating for spay and neutering your, your pets to reduce the population of strays, mm-hmm. and we, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, um, a question that I have always been wondering is like, how does fur babies like constantly operate? Like, how do they pay for majority of their stuff? Like, um, we, is it all donations, or is it like, do people like, kind of like spend money there, or like what kind of stuff is that? So, fur babies is all donation based. Okay. We. Uh, operate from people who donate uh, money or they donate blankets, cleaning supplies, we do bottle drives. I'm currently working on a fundraiser uh, for calendars. I have a few calendars left. So all of the proceeds to that goes to Fur Babies. Yeah. Um, I think one of my dog, Carbon, was in one of them. Yes, Carvin is a sweetheart. Carvin and Cole was his brother. They came in together, and I absolutely fell in love with Cole. I fostered Cole, and I that was my first foster, and he was such a sweet dog, and I loved him so much, but I was very sad to let him go, but he went to a wonderful home. Okay. So what is your role at Fur Babies like? What do you do there? I have done a little bit of everything at Fur Babies. I started off as just a volunteer in the isolation, which is where we keep the dogs for a period of 14 days. When they come in, they go to the isolation and we nurse them back to health, basically. A lot of the dogs come in and they're malnourished, they have injuries, so we clean up after them. Uh, We give them lots of love, food, fatten them up. Um, So I've done that I was the manager of the isolation unit so I trained people um, I 
was even vice president for a little while, just a couple months. Uh, it ended up being a lot of work for me. I have two small children and I just started a job. So right now I'm just working on collecting donations, getting the word out, spreading uh, fur babies, positivity, and just everything. Yeah. So what, in your opinion, what does it mean to rescue an animal like? To rescue. Rescuing would be taking an animal from a dangerous situation, uh, whether it be neglect or abuse or they're just a stray living in survival mode. Uh, we give them love and attention and respect. All d animals deserve our respect and our love. And we find them loving, caring homes where they can thrive. Yeah. Um, is fur babies a dog-only rescue, or do you rescue cats and that kind of, like other animals? We have a sister rescue called Purr Babies, and they operate out of Wainwright. We have, I'm not exactly sure how many Purr babies we have at the moment, but they have been in operation for just over a year. So they're fairly new. We have lots of cute kitties and we're always looking for volunteers and donations and fosters for the Purr babies as well. So what is the worst condition an animal has come into your care, like abuse, neglect? Um, that's a really, that's a really tough question. I have seen some really horrific injuries. Um, not really any that I would like to share, um, but I think the worst is when they come in uh, emotionally shut down. Emotionally, they are so sad and so broken down. Like they just can't function? They just cannot, they're just functioning in survival mode. Uh, I would like to tell a little story about a dog, Shep. He was this beautiful German Shepherd that came in and he was about a year old and he just spent his time in the corner of his kennel. He did not look up to anybody. Um, he would flinch at the slightest touch and he just was this tiny ball of and he wouldn't even he wouldn't even look you in the eye and I met him and that was the day I said I am going to make it my mission to get him to wag his tail so I would go in every day and just slowly but surely um, at, he was with us for two weeks in our isolation at the very end of the day he wagged his tail just ever, ever so slightly at me. And I just, that was, that was so amazing. All of the, all of the things that I had to do for him, you know, he's not allowed to go outside. Was kind of worth it. It was so worth it. It was amazing. And now he is in a family where he is thriving and he is so happy. He has a, a, a brother and two two people who love him so much. And uh, we see updates on the Fur Babies Facebook page and he's just the, just the most wonderful dog. So, have you ever gone inside a house to retrieve a dog? Like Yes, um, I've been on a few rescues. I can remember my most memorable rescue is going to somebody's house and there was a pregnant mama and she was not getting caught for nothing. Um, 
I tried to rescue her with another pregnant mama and I got the one, um, but we had to leave the other one because she had run away. Um, I was crawling underneath the person's deck. I was <laughs> fighting off other dogs. I came out dirty and wet and muddy and I did not catch her, um, but eventually she got caught with her puppies. Um, so, um, have you ever, like, has anyone ever like tried to resist like you rescuing their animals, like escalating into violence? There has been some like that. Um, we, we can never go in and take an animal if the owner or the person does not want them to be taken. Um, that would be something for bylaw or the SPCA. We have no, we unfortunately have no rights to do that. Um, so in your opinion, what makes someone an expert? Would you consider yourself an expert? Oh gosh, I, I don't know if I would consider myself an expert. I think an expert is somebody who loves something so much that they are consumed by it. Um, I'm hesitant to call myself an expert, but I'm constantly learning about um, the behavior of, of animals. I love to learn about um, how to take care of animals, and I'm constantly improving and learning about different things. So I'm going to call Ben up to ask his question. Sure. How many animals do people adopt or foster? It really depends on the dogs that we take in. We have, in 2019, we we rescued and adopted 318 dogs and 70 cats. Right now we have, I think about 30 dogs in our foster uh, care and our isolation right now. So um, we try and get as many adopted out as possible because then we can bring in more. Um, but it all, it all depends. Do you live in Lloydminster with a kid? What was it like? Did you enjoy it? Like having fun and that stuff? I grew up uh, in Peace River, Grimshaw area. It's northern Alberta, and I lived on a, a wild boar farm. We had, we raised wild boar, and we had chickens, and we had dogs and cats, and I've always loved being outside and helping on the farm and being outside and animals. <laughs> so what was school like for you when you were younger? Do you consider it different from um, now's school curriculum, or would you consider it more or less the same? I would say, personally, it's a lot different. I, I see my daughters in school. I have two young daughters, and it's much more inclusive. I had a really hard time throughout school um, I was bullied a lot, and I find that my oldest daughter is in grade one, and she loves school. She's friends with everybody. Everybody is 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 just wonderful, and the teachers are really awesome. Um, if someone were to write a book about you, what would the title be? <laughs> oh gosh, how to be weird and love it. <laughs> Why did you decide to become a rescuer? Like, what drove you to that? I have a very sensitive heart, and just seeing how many animals need help and the feeling you get when you know that you've, in any way, whether it be donating or physically going and rescuing the animal, uh, it just it makes you feel so good, and it makes you want to do more. And doing good is. It's the best way to leave a good imprint on the world. So I'm gonna call Jackson up to ask his question. What do you do to keep the stray animal population down? We advocate a lot 
for spaying and neutering your pets. So the only way that there will be no more strays on the street, strays on the street is spaying and neutering. So uh, we've been trying to get um, vets out to the northern communities to do uh, stray and neuter or spay and neuter uh, buses. So they come into the communities and they do free spay and neutering for anybody that wants them. So what about doing it for strays? Do you do that? Yes, absolutely. Um, we When we rescue an animal, uh, the first thing we do is make sure that it's healthy and it's got all of its shots. And once it's able to get spayed or neutered, we take it to the vet and we spay and neuter it. Yep. Thanks. Can you tell us about an experience where you were unsure of, chose to participate and gave your best anyways when you were rescuing? I think it probably was my second rescue was the first one that I had to go to somebody's house. And I had no idea what I was doing and I was so terrified because there was there was dogs all over and some of them were not nice. So there was a lot of dogs growling. They were defensive. Mode, defensive. Like. They were scared. There was a new person coming around. Um, and then again, I had to kind of shimmy underneath a deck and try and coax this dog out. And I had no idea how to do it. it was it was my yeah it was my second rescue and I tried my hardest anyway because I knew if we didn't get that dog, it probably wouldn't survive. So I'm gonna call Kane up now and for his question. Uh, where is, oh. Have you ever kept any of the animals that you rescued? And if you have, how many? I want to keep them all. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, yeah. I, oh gosh. So I, I'll tell you a, a story about my dog, Rocket. She is just the most special dog. Um, when I rescued, so I rescued her mama. She was actually the one that I was talking about before. She was very, very pregnant. And we rescued her and brought her into the isolation unit. And she had her babies about a week after. She unfortunately was unable to care for her, her puppies. So as she was having her babies, we had to take them. And we were not prepared at all. This was our first mama dog to give birth in our isolation unit. Um, we were not prepared at all for what we had to do. We thought, you know, mama would just take care of her babies. But so there was this little dog that, uh, so she gave birth to this puppy and I had no idea what to do with it. So I stuck it in my shirt. It was all covered in afterbirth and goop and gunk. And I just was like, oh my gosh. So I stuck it in my shirt and she had four puppies that day and they all lived inside my shirt until we could figure out, well, it was about four hours until we could figure out what to do with these little puppies. And the first one that I had, I instantly That's fell in love with and I had to leave for two weeks for training. Um, and every day I would ask pictures for pictures. Um, we have amazing fosters. And as soon as I came back, she w she's been with me ever since. So um, she's about, she'll be six months at the end of February. And uh, she's just the most goofy, amazing dog. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't know how I could you know, live without her. <laughs> she's, she's literally like one of my babies now. So yeah. And there's, there's been other dogs that I have been like, I'm just going to put you in my pocket and take you home. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank I'll, you. Uh, I have a follow up. What is your favorite breed of dog? Oh gosh. Um, rescue. My rescue. favorite breed is rescue dogs. Uh, they're just the perfect mix of any kind of dog. The dog Shep that I was talking about earlier, he was uh, part German Shepherd, 
part miniature Doberman Pinscher. So <laughs> if you guys know what a min pin is, it's about this big. And then a German Shepherd is about this big. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of, yeah, yeah, we have dogs that are German Shepherd mix, Corgi mix. We have like dogs that are huge, that are tiny. I just love them all. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, has there ever been ever times that you felt like I can't do this as a rescuer, like I can't keep going? And what made you keep going in it? Um, yeah, absolutely. There has been lots of times where I have said I cannot do this. Um, the the stress of seeing animals like in pain, in pain, and the ones that don't make it that we can't save. Um, that is that really weighs heavy on on your soul. Um, but thinking about stopping and thinking about quitting, that only leads to more animals getting hurt. Yeah. So I, the way that I volunteer and the way that I help has changed quite a bit. Um, but I'm still, it's still very much a part of me and I, I won't ever quit. So what do you think failures has to do with success, like as a rescuer? And when do you fail and how does it help you as a rescuer? Uh, failing just means that you're learning a lesson. So failing for me, when I do something wrong or, or when I fail at something, it just means that I have, I have a lesson to learn and I can only go, I can only go up from, from where I've learned. Um, did you love animals as a child? And if you did, like, what was your favorite one? Oh yeah. I loved, loved all kinds of animals. My favorite as a child would probably be dogs and cats for sure. I grew up uh, on an acreage where there was a pond and a little creek, so we'd always have frogs, and so I loved I loved catching frogs and birds and <laughs> anything. Um, can you tell us about someone that you looked up to when you were younger, like my mom and dad? Um, absolutely, my parents. My my mom and dad have always been super supportive of anything that I do, even if I do it terribly. They always are very supportive of me. Um, I really look up to or looked up to Steve Irwin. Do you guys know the crocodile hunter? Yeah. yeah. He is he is just an amazing soul and an amazing person and I just loved watching him on TV and yeah, he's somebody that I definitely aspire to be like. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to call Gavin up now and ask for him for his question. <coughs> um what why did you decide to like rescue and take care of animals? I decided to rescue animals and take care of them because it's good for your soul. It's um, being kind and taking care of others is um, what I feel like we're meant to do on this earth is to care for others, um, to be kind to others, and <laughs> that's about it. Thank you. It's open mic time now, so everyone come up and <coughs> no running. <laughs> oh gosh! I was running. <laughs> I, I'm missing a shoe. I see. Oh, I'm so eager. <laughs> Hello. Hi. My name is Isaac. Hi, Isaac. And I have a question for you. Sure. What is your favorite shade? My favorite shade? Yes. Black. Cool. Thank you. Hello, it's Ben again, and. So the dog you talked about that you adopted, what type of dog is that? 
Uh, Rocket is a, I don't really know. She looks like a German Shepherd. Um, she has kind of the German Shepherd face. She's got, um, but instead of being black, she's got like a golden coat. So, so maybe golden, golden retriever. Yeah, golden retriever. Awesome. My, my dad seems to think she's got a little tiny bit of coyote in her and I can see it as well. And that's not really uncommon because her mama was a stray, so. Yeah. Hi, I'm Mason. Hi. Um, what was the breed of the first dog you saved? The first dog I saved. Again, I don't really know. Um, the fun thing about uh, working at Fur Babies and rescuing strays is a lot of the times they're a mystery. Uh, the very first dog I saved, she was a larger dog. Um, she had a really gorgeous uh, coat. It was brown and and spotted and she was just she was a very sweet dog okay um kane again can you like shortly tell the story of your first rescue my first rescue um okay so first rescue was it kind of wasn't really a rescue technically we just went to uh one of the communities and picked up a dog from their holding facility um so it was pretty easy uh but she she was amazing her name was ember and she was the most excited just the sweetest love most loving dog um she would i call it pancaking so she would pancake on the floor when she got really excited so she would just like fall to the floor and her legs, her back legs and her front legs would just splay out and she would wag her tail and she just would be so excited and then she'd roll on her back and want love and pets and yeah, she was the best. Okay, yeah. I have a follow-up question. Sure. What is your favorite shape? My favorite shape? Yeah. A heart. Oh, okay. Um, my, my name is Alex and my question is if you can move anywhere in the world, where would you want to move? I, I would move to Nelson, BC. Oh wow, you know what? I couldn't really, I wouldn't want to move anywhere other than Alberta, maybe back to Peace River because the, the scenery was so beautiful. Um, I would definitely, wherever the need for rescuers would be, I would, I would love to move, yeah. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Hello, it is Jackson. So what's the most, can you tell us a story about the most aggressive dog you have encountered? <laughs> um, it's kind of funny. I always say that I have been bitten a lot, but never been bitten by a big dog. It's always been teeny tiny little dogs that have been the most aggressive. Um, never on my rescuing um, have I encountered a really aggressive dog. We had one uh, dog come in from a situation where she was in a home um, and I'm sure she was loved very much, but they didn't know how to properly take care of uh, such a dog. She was this tiny curly little dog and she had matted fur. Just, it was, it was just awful. Like you couldn't see her eyes and you couldn't see her feet because there were so many mats and I had taken her to um, our, our groomer that helps us out and we had just the worst time. She was so afraid and a lot of the times when dogs are afraid they become aggressive 
So she was biting me up and down my arms as I was trying to like calm her down so we could get these mats shaved off of her. And gosh, she must, she, she never, she didn't break skin or anything like that because she was small, but she must have bit me like so many times. But I, I love getting updates from her and her name was Bella and I called her Bella Gator because she was like a little alligator. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Hi, my name is AJ and what is your favorite color? Um, green. <laughs> if you can't tell, my hair is green. <laughs> I don't um, believe our listeners can see you. Yeah. <laughs> my name is Isaiah, and if you could merge two animals together, what would they be? Oh my gosh. Mine is a rhino and a cheetah, and it's called a cheetah. A cheetah? Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh. Maybe something that flies. Gosh, that is, that's one of the toughest questions I have ever come across. Maybe like a maybe like an eagle and a snake. I don't know, that would be pretty weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> Hello. Hello. Um, what is the oldest dog you have ever rescued? Hmm. You know, I'm not really sure. We had one one that sticks out in my mind. His name was Casper, and he came in with uh, two other dogs. And the thing with uh, rescuing certain dogs when they come in as strays is they age so much faster than dogs in homes uh, or dogs that have been properly taken care of. So like it was... They kind of need to grow up faster, otherwise they might not survive. Absolutely. So he was... Um, we, we go by... We never can guess the the age down to, you know... You have a rest estimate of the age? A rough estimate. We check by the teeth and... You know, the vet said that he was about three to four years old, but he had this like gray little beard. He was a black dog and he had like a gray little beard and he was just the sweetest. And yeah, they're, they're always so sweet and so loving when they come in. They're so grateful. Yeah. Yilu, I am Parker. And what is the biggest dog that you had to save? Oh gosh. The biggest dog was our boy Maktak. He... So Muktuk was a mastiff mix of some sort, and he was this giant. He was this gentle giant. The owner of Muktuk couldn't take care of him anymore. He had a very large mass on his front um, <clears throat> front leg. They thought it was broken and it healed wrong, so he couldn't walk on it. Um, shortly after he came into uh, our care, we took him to the vet, and they it wasn't broken, it was a cancerous mass. So, um, unfortunately, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Maktuk. Maktuk, this is this is the first dog that I've I've had to um, put down, and, and it's uh, he was just the sweetest, sweetest dog, and he was this giant dog, and he was so lovely, um, but yeah, uh, we unfortunately couldn't save that one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, adios. <laughs> adios. Hi, it's Ben again. And so, what do you think of people owning exotic pets? And if you could own an exotic pet, what would it be? Exotic pets. My goodness. Um, that is. That's a t touchy subject for me. 
Um, I believe all animals should be in uh, in their element. Um, if they can't be, you know, make the best effort to take care of them properly, uh, have them in as much of their environment as they can. Like reptiles, um, have a nice big enclosure for them, spoil them with lots of creepy crawlies and things to eat. <laughs> um, if I were to have an exotic pet, it would probably be um, a pink-toed tarantula. Cool. <laughs> Hi, Mason again. Um, how long have you been doing this? Um, rescuing? I started rescuing with fur babies uh, about a year ago, uh, last November, and it's been amazing. Thanks. Yeah. Hi. Hello. My name is Tristan, and uh, uh, since you love animals so much, as I think we can all tell, uh, <laughs> what are what's your opinion on hunting animals? Hunting animals. Well, um, <clears throat> that is also uh, a hot button. Um, I I grew up in a family um, that hunts. My dad is an avid hunter. Um, but he is always very respectful of the animals. I believe hunting is um, a way of life. I believe uh, hunting for the purpose of feeding your family is important. Mm -hmm. And hunting for sport, I feel personally, is doesn't bring anything extra to the world. So, yeah. Aloha, I am back again. And have you ever rescued an exotic animal? No, I have not. Um, that would be really cool. I I would take I would take the chance to do it. Um, if I had to rescue an exotic animal, for sure. But I I've never have. There's no exotic animals in like Minster, I believe. What was the question again? It was, have you ever? Um, Oh yes, no, I have not rescued an exotic animal, uh, but I would definitely jump at the chance to to try. Um, I, nothing really frightens me enough that I wouldn't try to rescue it if it was in danger. Oh. All right, thank you. Oh, it's me again, Jackson. So, how would um, your life be if you didn't rescue animals? Oh, I couldn't even imagine. Um, when I first moved to Lloydminster, I, it was the first time I had lived anywhere without a pet, and I was absolutely miserable. I needed, I needed to have animals in my life, and I always have, and rescuing just is just wonderful. Okay, yeah. so I have a follow-up question. Sure. Um, so you said you were vice president of the mm -hmm. thing. So what would... Uh, what changes would you do if you were the president? Oh gosh, the president? Um, Lonnie is amazing. She is always um, out there. She does the rescues. She does um, advocating. She runs, a, she runs a really pretty tight ship, so she does really great. Yeah, thanks. I wouldn't change anything. <laughs> um, it's Isaiah again. Hi. Um, what is matted fur? Matted fur is when 
it grows really, really long and it never gets cut and it never gets brushed. So it just clumps together and when it gets wet and when it gets dirty, it just kind of sticks together and then it becomes like this big mess of like hard lump. It's gross and it's stinky and it's really sad when dogs come in all matted. I have a follow-up question. Sure. What is the hairiest dog you've ever... <laughs> the hairiest dog? Um, it, was it probably was... Not, not matted, not but like matted. just hairy. Hairy. Um, there was a dog named Chili, and he was the goofiest looking dog. Uh, he was rescued, or he was adopted by one of the board members, uh, Paige, and he had long golden retriever hair, but he had a Rottweiler face, and yeah, he was so furry. When he came in, he had these little toys. They're like building blocks, but they look like like burrs. They were like all matted into his his fur, and I spent like an hour trying to cut all of these little burrs out of his fur. He's, he was just a, he was a fluffy mess when he came in. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hi. Apple or Samsung? Mm. Um, Apple? I've never had a Samsung phone, so yes. Yes. I can only say Apple. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Good job. Well, it's Alex again. Hi. And how old do you have to be to volunteer at Fur Babies? Let's see. Uh, You have to be at least 12 uh, to volunteer. Um, You have to come in with a parent until you're 16. 16 you can come in without uh, supervision. But uh, 12 to 16 you can come in with an um, adult to supervise you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Hi, I'm Creed. Hi. And you said that you're okay with snakes, so if you ever could have a pet lizard, what type of lizard would it be? Mm, we have the cutest... Well, I guess it's not a lizard, but my daughters really want a, a bearded dragon. So possibly bearded dragon. There's this really cute little corn snake at PetSmart right now, and he's so tiny, and he's like red and orange. I want to take him home so bad, but my husband is terrified of snakes. So, oh, he's not gonna like it that I said that. <laughs> oh gosh, whoopsie! Yeah, that'd be a funny April Fool's Day. It would be. Hi. Besides fosters, do you have any pets? Um, I have, I have just two dogs. I, my first dog on my own was my dog, Ralph. He, I adopted him from the SPCA in 2009. He is 11 years old and he is our resident grumpy old man. He's a dash hound. So he's this tiny tiny little grumpy dog and he doesn't want anybody to have fun and all he wants to do is get love and affection and pets and and eat and sleep and <laughs> that sounds like my dog dakota yeah yeah follow-up question sure um what's the biggest snake you've seen the biggest snake i've seen um i think when we went to the fair here in lloydminster a f- quite a while ago there was a guy who had reptiles and he let me hold this snake and it was like 
well, I'm standing up, I don't know. And it was like, I don't know, at least four or five feet long. It was really cool. <laughs> Hello, it is Benjamin again. And Pepsi or Coke? I don't like pop. So Orange juice or apple juice? I, oh gosh, I don't really drink juice either. Water? Or good, good answer. kombucha. Okay. Kombucha. <laughs> Quick question. What's kombucha? Uh, oh gosh, is Google it. It's really it was well, kind of like it's fermented. Um, it's got fizzy. It's fizzy like pop, but it's healthy for you. Uh, so yeah. I can like soda stream. Have you seen all those commercials? Not really. Google it. It's yeah. it's really delicious. Wow. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's an acquired taste, I guess. <laughs> Hi, I'm Hi. Emma. And my question is, how could I get involved with fur babies? Oh gosh, there's so many ways to get involved involved with fur babies. You can volunteer in the isolation unit. You can volunteer your time by doing a bottle drive or doing a bake sale or any way that you can think of to raise money um sharing uh sharing information about animals uh advocating for rescues facebook if you have facebook or any kind of social media you can share the fur babies page yeah there's so many ways to help uh it's me aj again and why northern communities and not Lloydminster? There are more. Are there more strays in the north? Uh, yes. So the northern communities just kind of means north of Lloydminster, um, small communities that don't really have um, the funds available to travel here. Uh, we have an SPCA here, so the SPCA takes care of a lot of um, dogs that are loose, that uh, you know, strays that need to be picked up. Uh, a lot of the times dogs get loose in town and they people bring them to the SPCA and then their owners pick them up. So we do uh, rescues for dogs that don't have anybody. Hi, I'm Mandy and my question is, what was your first pet? My first pet? Um, it was a cat. And I'm pretty sure it was called Kitty. It was a little orange cat, I believe. I'm just trying to think back on pictures of me when I was a little teeny tiny kid, like two years old. But, uh, yeah, I think that was it. Because we've always had animals. We've always had cats and dogs. And um, when I was born, my mom and dad had a dog named Chestnut. And uh, she lived till I was about 10 or 11 um, that dog hated me so much, but I loved it. Well, it was the only, the only dog at the time. So my mom and dad, it was the love, you know, their little baby. And then all of a sudden this human baby comes along and, and takes like, all their time. Whoa, so whoa. yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Devin. And how can you raise a wild boar? Um, so electric fences. They are pretty nasty. Nice. Um, we bacon raised... every morning. Nothing. Huh? Bacon every morning. Well, yeah. We well, yeah. We raised them for for meat, and we had a pretty cool operation going on. Um, we had one 
big boar and he was the boss. Um, he got to a point where he would just walk through the electric fences Ooh. and it was electrified. Like I, I, I accidentally fell on top of the fence one time and it left bruises. So he just, you know, didn't care, didn't care anymore. And, and, uh, yeah, he was, he got to the point where he was a little bit dangerous. So, um, bacon, bacon. he bacon was, he was, bacon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, and a lot of the times too, they were they were uh, they they all had different personalities for sure. We had one that we uh, raised separately because it was injured, and we brought it in the house. And he was like a little dog; he would just follow us around whenever we'd go back in the kennels or the pens. He would follow us around and he would look scratches and. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Hi, my name is Tyler. Hello. And uh, I have a dog named Duke. He's 150 pounds. He's a big boy. That's a big boy. Yeah. And so, uh, That's a big boy. Yeah. Um, so, he has, like, a huge issue with, like, nails. And we can never cut him. We have a nail clipper or whatever. Never cut him because he's really sensitive about that. So we took him to the vet, and he, uh, the Do doctors dosed him up with some drugs in them so he could fall asleep. <laughs> and he never did, and so the vet said that, it can't be cut, so is there any tips that you can give? Like my dog can actually walk around upstairs. Absolutely. So it starts off with you desensitizing his paws. So whenever you guys are sitting together, make sure you have lots of treats. So take his paw in your hand, and every time he lets you do that, give him a treat. Um, eventually go up. You know, get your fingers in his little paws and, and give him little paw massages. Do all of the four feet. Then uh, once he's comfortable with that, make sure you're giving him lots of treats. Once he's comfortable with that, you can um, introduce the nail clipper. Just have it beside you. Yeah. It's, it's all about little baby steps. When dogs are really, really nervous about something, it's all about baby steps and, and gradually introducing that to him. Yeah. Alright, well thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Hello, it is me uh, again. Hello! Jackson. So what goes through your mind when you're rescuing an animal? Um, I hope I don't mess this up. <laughs> I hope we catch this dog. I hope, I hope I don't get bit. I've never gotten bit on a rescue. Um, I've gotten lots of licks and lots of cuddles because they're so grateful. Um, and I just hope that I hope that I do a good job. Okay, thanks. Um, um, it's gone again. What is the isolation room like? Um, the isolation room, so it's a, we have a big shop. We have about, one, two, five, six, we have, I think we have about seven kennels. Uh, each kennel uh, has its own cleaning supplies. We have to go in with uh, uh, suited up, so we have to wear gloves, we have to wear coveralls, boots. Um, it's very important that everything stays within each kennel because we can't have cross-contamination. If a dog comes in and we're not sure what it has, it could have anything from ticks, fleas, um, worms. 99% of the dogs that come in have worms. Wait, um, I have a question. What are worms? I've heard a lot of people say worms, but I've never figured out what they They're... Are. There's different kinds. Is it like worms where like, like 
Typically, yes. Uh, Yes, they're actual worms. Typically, they get them from dirty drinking water. Um, Worms can be passed on from mother to puppy. Um, There's different kinds of worms. Um, They live in their stomach and intestines. So eat off the food they eat. Yeah. Yeah. So when you when we bring in dogs and they're very very skinny, but they get they have big pot bellies. They're they're full of worms. Ninety-nine of them is worms, and yeah. the other one percent is actually yeah. Worms. So um, uh, there is other serious, very serious life-threatening diseases that dogs can come in with, like parvo um, or distemper. Um, that can be passed on very easily. So we have to make sure that we're very careful and cautious and clean. Um, the isolation unit is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can tell you that firsthand. Yes. Lots of the times the dogs come in and like I said, they're full of worms. So we deworm them all right away. And that means worms will come out and we have to clean up after them. And so um, we clean up after them. We administer medication. There's sometimes dogs that come in with um, really serious wounds. So uh, we have to give them medication and and make sure that their wounds are healing properly. Um, Yeah, uh, but it's it's the most amazing experience to see a dog come in to the isolation unit and they stay with us for two weeks to make sure that uh, if they're showing any signs of disease that we can take care of them. after their two weeks, they come out and they're healthy and they're happy and it's just undescribable the feeling that you get. Yeah. Follow up question? Sure. Because you were talking about so many diseases. <laughs> yeah. Um, so has a dog ever come in with rabies? And if so, what is that like to for that dog? And what does that look like? I've never seen a dog with rabies. Um, it's not, I don't, I don't really think it's all that common. They get a rabies vaccine. Um, we take care of all of the vaccinations, the deworming, um, any kind of um, medical needs that they have, we pay for. So that's why donations and monetary um, funds are very important because we have dogs that come in. Um, all of our dogs also get spayed and neutered. So that's an extra cost. Some dogs come in that need uh, medical bills that are in the thousands of dollars, and we pay for all of that. Yeah. Job. Howdy. Hi. Howdy, Billy. I'm Billy. And um, uh, has there ever been like a really like high end or exotic type of dog that has came in, like other than just like uh, like a more common type of dog? Like, yeah, we don't really often get designer dogs or small dogs, really. Um, but there's been a, a few that are like the little fluffy, like Pomeranians or, you know, the really cutesy little dogs. There's been a few that have come in. Has there ever been like a Shiba Inu come in? Um, oh, adorable. It, no. I don't think that there has, but we've had, the, I think the, the most exotic one would be like a, I think there was one that had, that was like a purebred blue nose pit bull who had papers, it was either a pit bull or a bulldog, and yeah, he was like highly 
highly decorated with all the kind of purebred things that yeah and yeah we found a good home for him mm -hmm. on the track of pit bulls mm -hmm. um i have two dogs at my house one being a yorkie and the other being a pit bull mm -hmm. and uh, what are your thoughts on pit bulls considering a lot of people don't think the best of them um you know what it's really about it's really about the person that owns the pit bull um pit bull is not an actual dog breed it's a term for a mixture of any kind of bully breed so there's um bulldogs there's boxers there's uh doggo argentino i think that's how you pronounce it there is staffordshire terriers there's bullies american bullies um and yes. every single one that i have met and that i have come into uh contact with have been the most adorable sweetest just most loving dogs and honestly i really feel it's about who is caring for that dog and you know they're they're not a not like a a really social well i, I can't really say that at all um every dog is different but the ones that i have been in contact with are very uh, attached to one person in particular and they're very loving and they're very protective and um yeah they're just really great dogs yes. what's your dog's name uh blue blue yeah oh that's sweet and how long have you had blue for uh almost two years now okay yeah. and how how do you love blue He's really good. Yeah, uh -huh. he's a good boy. Yeah, oh, he's, awesome. he's he loves everybody. He's a baby. Yeah. Yeah, he, he he's he's yeah, yeah he's just a baby. They're just the sweetest. Everyone that I've ever uh, yeah, just the sweetest. I actually absolutely fell in love with a. So this one would kind of be considered exotic. She was a bully breed. Um, she was albino. Um, and she was completely deaf. She had been through, I think we were her fifth or sixth home and she was not even a year old. Um, and people just didn't realize that she was deaf. So they thought she was a bad dog. They, she didn't listen, of course. Um, and we were, somebody was, was cleaning up and she had been sleeping and she was banging around and she opened up the kennel and this dog did not move and so you know, kind of clapping two, two, and, two and snapping and didn't move and as soon as she touched her she kind of was like oh oh hello so then we kind of did tests you know you if you snap your finger by their ear and they kind of turn that means they can hear you while we were snapping and we were clapping and we were pounding our feet and she just would sit there like oh what you doing? <laughs> so yeah, um, crazy. yeah, she was she was a wonderful dog, but she was very um, very headstrong, um, and we found the right person for her. And yeah, when was the last time she was uh, like with you guys? Oh gosh, that would have been a while ago. She was last summer, I think. Came in. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. So I have one final question. Sure. Um, is it majority of pit bulls and like those kind of, do of bully dogs that come into fur babies? Like, cause people are afraid of them and they don't want them. Um, I think a lot of uh, the mixtures of dogs that come in are dogs that are protection dogs, um, large breed dogs. They people end up uh, getting dogs that they 
you know, want to protect their home. Um, they don't know how to properly care for them. It's always so, so important to research the dog that you're getting, not only the breed, but the individual dog. Um, dog breeds can tell, you can tell a lot by the breed of a dog because there are certain dogs like labs. Um, they're going to be high energy because they are retrieving dogs. Um, mastiffs are large breed dogs, but they are very lazy. Um, want nothing more than to sleep all they day? They just want to sleep. Uh, you know, small terriers, uh, my dash hound, he is relentlessly in like he, so a, a dash hound was bred to uh, hunt rodents so any kind of small furry moving creature he will get at that and he will die trying he is um a really good hunter um so it's really important to not only um if you're interested in rescuing a dog uh we have lots of dogs we always uh show pictures on our facebook page if you guys have facebook go on and get added to the fur babies page because there's lots of dogs that need homes um, yeah, we have German Shepherds, Bully Breeds, Mastiffs, um, we have Labs, Golden Retrievers, just any kind of mix of dog and they're all really awesome. So thank you for coming in, Nick. Um, thank I you. hope that you have an awesome rest of your day and we learned a lot about animal rescue. And thank you to our listeners. Have a great day. Stay in tune for our next episode. Tune in next week when Bryn talks to a drag racing expert. We'd love to hear from you. Send your questions, show ideas, or any other feedback to talkingtoexperts at gmail.com.